For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The Expertise Panel. Brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. Yeah, this is the Dilma Panel. And uh, today the expertise come from a, a combat sport expert. And in fact, all around general sports guy, Brad Lewis and Jeff McTainch from Sky Sport as well. Good uh, morning, gentlemen. How are we? Great, uh, Ricardo. Good nice to hear you, Jeff. How you doing, bro? Good, bro. Good to be uh, good to be back in New Zealand and uh, only just starting to adjust again to the time zones. I've been up uh, about three o'clock in the morning for the past couple of weeks. I don't know how I haven't managed to shake the jet lag, but um, here we are. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got to say, I, uh, Jeff, and uh, you know, do. Uh, uh, Really enjoyed your commentary on Friday between of oh, the Crusaders minor Pacific game, mate. I I actually uh, had to flick Ross Carl a message and go, mate, how how good is Matane? How long has he been doing this? Oh, mate, appreciate that. No, it was uh, it was great to uh, to be down there in Dunedin. I mean, it was a bit, a bit unfortunate. Obviously, we haven't had the crowds at the stadium, so hopefully, uh, you know, we can we can get uh, get some bums on seats and. Yeah, that, I mean that'd be ideal. We've had the uh, the announcement, of course, that they're, they're opening the Cricket World Cup matches now up to twenty percent crowds, rather than ten percent. Hopefully, that uh, um, continues you know, to increase. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think there was a lot of lot of lot of chat about how they might go against the Crusaders, but I think um, for that first game, they they turned up and and put in a good performance that they can be proud of, and um, I think that says a lot about the Bunnings NPC and the. Yeah, that layer below Super Rugby, just how good it actually is, and you see the likes of Lincoln McClutchy. Um, you know, a lot, lot of talk about him over the last few years, and that he should have been playing Super. I think he he stood up, played really well. So Aaron Major can be pretty happy with that performance. I think. Yeah, Levi Amua's shoulders are made of rocks too. Man, he hurt a lot of people in that <laughs> game. That was outstanding. Hey, we'll get to Super Rugby in a bit. Let's uh, uh, talk uh, the news that Joseph Parker and Anthony Joshua could meet again. Um, uh, Anthony Joshua said that he's open to a rematch with Joseph Parker. I think there's probably a couple of hurdles in the way of this. Um, one of them potentially, potentially Dillian White. Uh, what do you make of that, Brad? How do you think it would go, mm. and do you think it'll happen? Well, I know that um, Joe is super keen on White and Joshua rematches. Spoke to him recently about that. Uh, and he's kind of in, in lux at the moment. Like, uh, he just, no one wants to fight Joe or no one wants to put their name on the dotted line because he looked so good in his last fight. And now he becomes a risk versus reward situation for a lot of these guys. Whereas, you know, six months ago, um, putting him on your, on your list was a good thing. But um, he's got such a high ranking now and he's such a dangerous opponent that a lot of guys don't want to fight him. So I know the Joe Joyce fight was pretty close to happening, but it looks like that's fallen through for Joe as well, which is really unfortunate. Um, and I've spoken to Joe about the, the Joe Parker thing and he, he felt that, you know, he's watched that fight back several times as probably a lot of us have and he feels like he didn't leave everything he had in, in the ring, whereas Joshua probably did. He was outthought, outcoached, uh, you know, outboxed in that fight and I think the Joe that we've seen, he's improved and I feel like Anthony Joshua maybe has, has decreased a little bit. People have figured him out. He's very robotic and is and is he's a very systematic fighter, very uh, you know technical, very robotic in, in the way that he goes about it. Um, so a little bit of dynamic dynamic um, offense can sort of 
undo him as we saw in the Usyk fight. So yeah, I th- look, I think the second fight would be a lot closer in the first fight. Joshua still has that knockout power, but Joe's got as good as chin as anyone in the division. And if this fight does happen, it, w- it would be it would be a great thing. We know Dillian White's going to probably fight Tyson Fury uh, coming up, and I'm with Usyk now potentially on the shelf for. I mean, he he said he's putting boxing on the back burner, so it, it could be a long time before we see him. So yeah, um, it, it could happen. Um, it's just interesting that you know I talked to Smithy about this a couple of weeks ago. War does strange things in sport, and it could totally, you know, um, turn turn around the whole entire heavyweight division with Usyk on the shelf for however long he decides to take off. Yeah, I mean, you say war, and I mean, that's looked like uh, what Parker Trezora 2 was. It was war. I mean, Joe Parker talked mm. to me a while ago about uh, the difference training with Andy and Tyson Fury was that, you know, the thing that they want to do when they get in the ring with someone is they want to hurt them. They don't just want to box them. They want to yeah. hurt them. And I think that that maybe is rubbed off on Joe. We saw more of that against uh, Chisora in the second fight. Jeff, what about you? Where are you on this one? Yeah, Brad makes a good point. It's uh, it's hard to say which way uh, this will go for Joseph. I think he he's certainly improved as a as a boxer um, over the last couple of fights, especially with with uh, with the Furies being in camp with them. And he said it himself. He's he's a different boxer, you know. John Fury, um, you know. It's, it's sort of, I guess, coaxing him out of his shell a little bit. He said himself that he he was perhaps a wee bit defensive, too defensive, and that uh, that fight against Anthony Joshua. Um, but over the last couple of fights against such a uh, a rugged, um, you know, boxer as, as Derek Chisora is, um, you know, Joseph showed that not only is he able to go um, toe-to-toe with someone that's so respected in the division for 12 rounds, back-to-back, but also... Um, show us a few of those bombs that perhaps he'd be keeping away. So, yeah, it's hard to say um, what might happen. I know Anthony Joshua's keen to fight him. Um, it, it, you know, if, if, if it did happen, it'd be great for Joseph. I think he's a, he's a, a much more improved boxer than he was. A- Andy Ruiz is also another option, potentially. Um, I mean, that's got great market value as well. Obviously, it's been, what, six years since uh, Joe won the WBO title off of, off of Andy. Uh, in Auckland, and, and I know that um, out of the Ruiz side of things, especially, um, you know, there, there was uh, a lot of chat at the time, and still is to this day, as to whether or not Joseph actually won that fight. A lot of people felt that Andy Ruiz um, should have should have been handed the WBO belt there. Obviously, Andy went on to to, to beat Anthony Joshua as well. So there's a storyline there, there's a theme there. Um, I think for for uh, for Joe, it's just staying warm, staying busy, but. Um, yeah, I think Andy Ruiz is a possibility, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, again, I think the best thing for Joseph at the moment is that he's got um, a great team behind him in the Furies. And, um, yeah, I think there's good things to come. Yeah, I think so too. I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Um, we should, uh, we're going to talk NRL, we're going to talk some Super Rugby, some All Whites as well, and some NFL uh, here on uh, the Dilmar panel with the expertise of Brad Lewis and Jeff McTainch. But before we do that, let's grab news from Emma and we'll come back with more from the, Dima, uh, the Dilmar panel and the expertise of these two gentlemen. The Expertise Panel, brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. Yeah, 29 away from 11 and the expertise of Brad Lewis and Jeff McTainch with us on the Dilmar panel. And gentlemen, the NRL gets underway tomorrow night. We've got the Panthers taking on the Sea Eagles first up. Uh, I don't know about you, Brad, but I'm Seagull. I'm all over the Sea Eagles. I got on them at $2.30. They're now into $1.80 and I think... Uh, 
not only Nathan Cleary not being there, but no Matt Burton, no Kurt Capewell, uh, no Bretton Aiden, no Paul Momorowski. They've lost a lot of depth. They they have and uh, like with Manly, Rick, I just kind of kind of feel like it's their like you know that's their year, right? Like Des has done. You know, if you look at their their progression in the last sort of three or four years, I mean, before Hasler came back from the Bulldogs, they were you know almost salad dwellers of the competition, and you know he's done wonders for Daly Cherry Evans, really turned his career back on the right path. Obviously, if Tommy Turbo stays fit. Um, he's going to be a danger. Jake Trebojevic, they've just, you know, young Schuster looks to be a really good prospect. I actually like Manly for the whole entire competition this year, lads. And, um, you know, I'm not a, not a Manly fan by any means, but was just, I felt they were, you know, one or two steps away from, from potentially um, achieving that last season. And, and you're right, Penrith are still going to be a very, very good side when they have all their players uh, on the park. But, yeah, um, I, I really like the Seagulls in this game, and I really like Manly for the entire competition. What about you, Jeff? Where, where are you on this game and, and, and on the comp? Who do you like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, uh, it's foot of the mountains. First up uh, for the Seagulls. I mean, it's um, it's it's going to be a tough one for them. I mean, I know that they haven't got all the all the personnel on board for, for the first up game. Obviously, Nathan Cleary as well, but I mean, they're going to be they're going to be still, I think, one of the sides to beat. I mean, I know there's been been influx in and out. Um, for, for the Panthers, but um, they've still got, um, as far as I'm concerned, that core. And, and when you've got a guy like Nathan, who, who, who you know, when he gets fit and, and gets right, um, they're going to be a, a tough side this season. I think the Warriors, <laughs> I know we're, we're looking ahead to that one uh, against the Dragons at Redcliffe. I mean, it's been it's been such a tough tough time for for Brownie's team uh, being away and uh, being away from New Zealand but I think for, for another season uh, for them especially it's going to be an interesting one and obviously Sean back on board uh, running things around with Reese. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited um, to see what they can produce uh, but no, it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating opening round. It's, it's one of those it's the round isn't it where you, you, you start to see um, you know, in the off season uh, where some of the transfers uh, just, just how you know how the teams uh, how the teams settle uh, and, and go go into the season. So yeah, first couple of rounds of the NRL uh, this year, I think it's going to be fascinating and uh, looking forward to to that first game. Yeah, what, what's your what's your pick of game of the round, Brad? Uh, I love the opening game. I mean, um, you know, you look at the schedule that that stands out. Uh, I think Roosters Knights is going to be a really good contest. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if the Broncos are going to be any better. They've recruited really well this year. Um, the Rabbitohs are obviously going to be a very, very good side. Um, there's a couple of a couple of good games. The Titans and the Eels as well. The Titans uh, talked a big game. Had talked a big game in the off season. They had, a, they had a reasonably good season last year, um, and the Eels are one of the competition favourites. And of course, we want to see how the Warriors go as well. So, and also a big weekend for Michael Maguire. You kind of feel like he's what got three or four weeks potentially to, to get the Tigers. Uh, running forward, otherwise he could be facing the axe. I think he's the favourite to be the first coach sacked this season. So uh, it's um, it's exciting. I love the NRL. I love that it's be, it's, it's back and uh, yeah, and on Sky Sport, of course. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, indeed. I mean, if you've got three or four games to save your career or to save your job, you don't want to be playing the Storm first up, let's be honest. Uh, but uh, let's, talk, <laughs> away, um, <laughs> let's talk game of the round uh, for Super Rugby. Uh, Jeff, I know uh, you'll be all over this, mate, and, and I don't think you can go past that uh, Crusaders-Chiefs game, uh, particularly those two packs. I had Carmo on earlier today. Uh, he's just salivating at the thought of Retallick and Lord going head-to-head with Whitelock and Barrett. 
Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's it's hard to think that last week the Crusaders had uh, had a couple of second rows in there that don't usually run out for them, and and Quinton Strange and Mitch Dunshane had rested the Scott Barrett, the captain, and and Sam Whitelock. Uh, mate, they can run out of D team, can't they? And still be solid any day of the week. I'm really impressed with how that Chiefs pack's going. Look, last week against the Blues, uh, a tough Blues pack, I think Sam Kane uh, really stood up as well. I think he's coming back into some good form, uh, saying, look, I, I want to be uh, in that All Blacks mix um, you know, come, come mid-year. So, uh, I mean, the Crusaders... Um, the Crusaders' back line, I think, with Richie Maunga coming off the bench last week, um, are showing that, um, that they're going to be scary, <laughs> really scary. You think about Will Jordan, uh, the form he's in at the moment, um, yeah, and, and just the balance for Scott Robinson. He's, he's just he's blessed with so many riches in that team. I think for him it's going to be... Um, I think that the, the, the challenge for Scott Robinson is, is which team do I pick each week, and I think he's going to have to get some sort of consistency around that and, and how he wants to select, because he has got players, um, he's got third-choice players, that other Super Rugby teams would love to have starting for them. So uh, that's going to be, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a fascinating battle up front uh, in, in the locking department. I think Ethan Black had it last week, mate. He he has, uh, you know, we talk about the answer at six a lot in New Zealand rugby, who, who, who we want uh, on the blind side flank for the, for the All Blacks. And um, I know there was a lot of chat, and rightly so, about Liam Squire for a long time. And having having a scary body uh, in that jersey. And, and Ethan Black, Adam, he, he is just playing some unbelievable rugby out of his skin so that's going to be a, a heck of a challenge um, the other game I am looking forward to seeing, seeing how it unfolds the Highlanders Tony Brown side really need to get something going they've been a wee bit out of sorts um, I know they've had a couple of injuries and guys not right but um, you know, they come up against the Blues side who, um, who last week <laughs> got out of jail I don't know uh, Tom Robinson will be uh, would have been uh, breathing a huge sigh of relief after giving away a couple of penalties. But uh, no, the Highlanders need to get things right. But certainly a fascinating round of super uh, coming up this weekend. Yeah, very much so. And uh, uh, Brad, of course, you've seen a little bit of RTS. Unfortunately, he's got a bit of a shoulder injury at the moment. Mm. What have you made of his transition to uh, to Union? Well, aside from that uh, one moment in the Hurricanes game, I think he's done everything that's been required of him. We haven't quite seen the sizzle of, of uh, you know, like of his rugby league sort of uh, attacking play. But again, he's playing at second 5'8", and, and you're not going to see that a lot from a second 5'8", unless he can get in space. But, you know, he's missed, what, one tackle in, in two games? Uh, I think he's done a great job defensively. And he'll just he'll just ease into it uh, once he recovers. Uh, I hope I hope Jeff's not calling the Highlanders Blues game because it's going to be really unfortunate to, to hear him, you know, like sort of cry in the commentary box as the Blues are piling on 40, 50 points on the on the Landers. Uh, so I hope I hope I hope Ross has made the decision to pull to, to pull Jeff from that game. Mate, yeah, you're, you're lucky, mate. I'm doing the Crusaders cheap, so you're uh, yeah you're, you're off the hook there. Cracking yeah. house. I was going to say that might be able to sell the comp. agree. Couldn't agree with Jeff anymore. Ethan Blackhead is I've got a man crush on that human. Uh, he's he's an unbelievable rugby player, and and I think he you know he's he's got all black captain written all over him as well potentially as well um, down the line. Uh, and yeah, uh, just great to watch the progression of that of that guy. Um, so I think the Crusaders done a really good job not not exposing him to too much rugby um, over the course of the last couple of years. Sort of bringing him into the team, and the All Blacks the same. And uh, and yeah, looking forward to to, to that game. It's going to be a cracker. And just before we let uh, you go, um, boys, uh, honestly, uh, the FBI's 10 most wanted list, I think uh, straight to the top of that now, has gone the Seattle Seahawks after they absolutely robbed the Denver Broncos. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but they've traded uh, Russell Wilson 
to the Denver Broncos, a 33-year-old quarterback. They've got two first-round picks, two second-round picks, uh, and mm. a fifth-round pick plus, uh, I think, three players. And uh, in return, they get a 33-year-old quarterback and a fifth-round pick. I mean, this is daylight robbery, isn't it, Brad? It is, but when you consider the Broncos are willing to, you know, sort of throw the bank at Aaron Rodgers, who, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably with, with Brady going the best quarterback in the competition. But, uh, yeah, look, um, I think it's a bit of a desperation move from Denver with they missed out on Aaron Rodgers. What the sort of trade went through an hour after Rodgers had announced his, um, his, he's staying at Green Bay. Uh, it's interesting. Russell Wilson's such an interesting case because he was, um, a ridiculous coaching call away from winning back-to-back Super Bowls and being in the, you know, and, and Seattle lost a lot of players off the back of that competition, uh, that, that Super Bowl, um, a couple of years ago, and they haven't really recovered. And Wilson at the time was considered one of the best players in the league. And, you know, he's, he's kind of held Seattle on his back for the last three or four years. And, and, and you wonder now, this is obviously a reset from the Seahawks. Um, but it's, it's, it's similar to that, that Nets trade a few years ago, right? In the NBA with Sean Marks. Uh, fleeced, uh, can't even remember what, um, what, what uh, fleeced what some team, or the Nets ended up, what, losing, um, seven, eight draft picks for, um, for a couple of old players. It kind of reminds me of that trade from four or five, I don't I think it was before Sean Marks was there. But, uh, yeah, um, it reminds me of that. Um, definitely Broncos, the Broncos have been fleeced a bit here, but they're desperate. They're desperate for a top player. They're desperate for a marquee quarterback. Um, and, and they've got one. He's a good player. Uh, I just don't know if he brings a Super Bowl. You need to build a Super Bowl team around him, if that makes sense. Like, he's not a player that's going to make you a Super Bowl winning team unless you've got the, the, the tools around him to make him succeed, and I'm not sure Denver do. No, I don't think they do either. They trade away Von Miller for a start, and he would have been a good part of that. But there you go. Uh, thanks very much, gentlemen. This has been the Dilmar panel, the expertise of Brad Lewis and Jeff McTainch. Go well, gentlemen, and uh, enjoy your week. Go the Blues. Thanks for Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.